Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Fan Theories. I'm your host, Emily Kelly. And I'm Peter Cunin. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you guys um, are enjoying these episodes. I can't believe we made it to episode seven already. Lucky number seven. It's exciting. Um, this episode is going to be a bit unique. Usually um, we have a pretty structured you know, layout. layout. But yeah. this one, we wanted to do something a little bit different because honestly, we just couldn't decide what to cover because there's so many really cool things coming up, specifically in the fall in terms of movies. Yes. So we wanted to do a big, exciting fall movie preview on some of the really cool geeky movies that are coming out in the, in the fall and the winter. So we picked four of our favorites. Uh, the four that we're going to be going over are Thor Ragnarok. We're going to be going over Blade Runner 2049, Justice League, and The Last Jedi, of course. Yes, we can't okay. not talk about The Last Jedi. Um, what are you most excited for? That's a hard question. I can tell you I'm not excited for Justice League. <laughs> um, I would say, oh man, that's hard. It's probably between Last Jedi and uh, Blade Runner, actually. Um, couldn't tell you. I don't know. Between the two. Yeah, I think for me it's between Thor and Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many questions on for Last Jedi. I yeah. Just, I need to know these answers. And I'm also kind of like, this is the second of three planned Star Wars movies, three new Star Wars movies, um, not counting the anthology ones, obviously. And so I'm kind of like, I don't want it to come because I also don't want it to be over. So Thor is like one of 20,000 Marvel movies that are going to be coming out until the rest of our lives. Yes. So like, I'm pretty I, sure I the, Marvel, yeah, the Marvel <laughs> movies will be coming out since long after we're gone. I mean, this is a machine that will not be stopped. Yeah, I think um, Feige quoted the other day that Guardians 3 will set up 20 years of Marvel movies. It's like, amazing. I think we've already had 20 years of Marvel movies, so that uh, get excited. But don't get too excited because you'll have, you know, you'll get excitement burnout. If Indeed. If you're waiting all this time. So let's, ju- let's jump on into it. We talked a little bit about Thor um, when we covered um, the MCU a couple episodes ago. But now that we have more trailers, we have more information on some of the new characters that are appearing, we wanted to touch on it again and get into some pretty cool theories. So the first one that we have is, how did Thor and Hulk end up in this celestial fighting pit? Um, This one's pretty easy, fan theory-wise. We don't have to guess too much. And that it's that the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum, just likes to kidnap people. Yeah, he's he, <laughs> he needs to have residence for his apartments for Apartments.com. Yeah. <laughs> now it's OuterspaceApartments.com. Indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, the Grandmaster is a long-standing Marvel comic book um, villain of sorts, but he's kind of more like a... He's an elder. Yeah, he's like a gray area. Kind of like He's not so outwardly bad all the time, but he's also not a super good guy all the time either. So yeah, it's like a long history of kidnapping Marvel Universe characters. Um, a lot of times from the Avengers, other metahuman, um, whatever the Marvel term for metahumans is. Um, so he really just kind of likes to kidnap people. Yeah, he's this immortal. <laughs> he's super bored. He is, uh, he's the game master. He is the best at any game. He never loses a bet. 
Um, and it'll be really interesting to see Jeff play this character and uh, uh, hope he succeeds in filling all his apartments up. <laughs> yeah. So the last we saw Hulk, he was you know flying off into the distance by himself in one of the Quinn jets to to get away from the Avengers. Um, to get away from from the battle of Ultron and kind of what they'd become and what they've done. Um, so I guess we'll so learn. He said goodbye to Natalie. Yeah, to Natasha. Natasha, sure. I'm yeah. sorry. I know I call her Natalie sometimes too from her Iron Man 2 days. Yeah. Um, that he, yeah, so basically we haven't seen him since then. Like he wasn't in a Civil War. We kind of don't know what he's doing, but now I guess that question is being solved for us is that maybe he had gotten kidnapped by the grandmaster um in the from the trailers we also see that the grandmaster has at his disposal the amazing valkyrie one of the valkyries the valkyrie um played by tessa thompson who's fantastic and maybe she was also the one that kidnapped hulk because she's definitely the one that kidnapped thor and brought him here Valkyrie, um, if you are a fan of the comics, you'll know that that she is an adversary of Hela as well. So it's really, really cool to bring her in at this point. Um, and it's a good connector, too, between Thor and Hela and Thanos and the Grandmaster. Like, it's really... Yeah, all of these different parties are, sort of, are, are starting to come together. And it's really interesting to see what the motives are for, for each character and how it plays into the universe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a lot of fun... Um, experiencing it as it as it comes along yeah because we are finally getting into these parts leading up to infinity war where these universes i mean they you know the marvel motto it's all connected but this is the first time we really get a taste of that it legit is all connected in in a sense that the grandmaster and the collector played by benicio del toro are quote-unquote brothers um it's probably more of a sense you know that they're both celestials that they're both these immortal beings they're the elders of the universe i think is what they're called in the comics yeah and the collector would be uh familiar with thor because of thor's involvement in finding um an infinity stone and finding the um the aether from thor too so maybe the collector kind of tipped him off maybe the collector is just sort of sort of a dick (laughs) i think he's just telling his brother about like this guy would be cool for your arena um, yeah, I'm sure they chat, you know, on their, their space phones. <laughs> on their space phones to find apartments for apartments.com. Yeah, it's a hard job. I mean, as a real estate agent, I know. <laughs> so this theory is pretty, pretty, you know, easy to figure out of how they both got there. And obviously, I'm super excited to see them actually fight. I think that'll be really, really cool. Um, He's a friend from work. That's the best line. It's the best part. It's going to be so fun. Um, and the thing about the Grandmaster, too, is that he is a betting man. But in the comics, he almost always loses when he bets against the Avengers. So I'm excited to see what how Jeff Goldblum reacts to all this. And there's a lot of other characters that we'll see, too, from uh, both, you know, space, spacey characters, Thor characters we're intimately familiar with. So let's talk a little bit about how all this matters for Infinity War. Sure. Well, we also see uh, Hell. Um, Hello. Hello. Uh, we see her destroy Asgard is what we, we are assuming from the trailer. 
and liberates. Yeah, liberates Asgard. Yeah, yeah. And, and Odin's nowhere to be found, and he is the protector of the the nine realms. Seven? How many realms are there? Seven or nine? Nine, seven. Sure, okay. one of those. An odd number of all the realms, and <laughs> uh, with Asgard destroyed and their protector gone, who is to prevent Thanos from taking over the universe? And so that's really, I think, what this is setting up. I think I'm positive. Um, Hell is being uh, helped by Thanos, and that's how she destroys the mm-hmm. Mjolnir, and that's how Thor has to like run away. And you know, all, all, doesn't run away; he gets captured by mm-hmm. by Sif. Yeah. Oh, by Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah. And I we've talked about it maybe in our MCU episode, but I've also talked about it um, just other places that. Thanos' obsession with death, death incarnate. It's usually represented by a woman. Sometimes it legit is a woman named death. I think Hela is sort of the stand-in for that in this instance. And so her utter destruction of Asgard, and I'm sure she's not going to stop there, is probably very appealing to him, especially leading up to Infinity War and collecting the last Infinity Stone. So it's going to be really neat to bring some of these characters together. We saw in the trailers, Loki is there in the fighting pit. We saw him and Thor and Valkyrie, you know, fighting side by side together, which is really cool um, with his knife flipping skills. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure we'll also see, we saw Heimdall a little bit in the trailer. Um, I'm sure we'll see the Warriors 3 and Sif, Lady Sif. rounding out this kind of like ragtag team of resistance fighters against Hela. So. Yeah. Those who are left alive and and able to fight um, from Asgard uh, will definitely be. Yeah. Yeah. Helping, helping the the good fight. And I think it really, I mean, we've seen obviously in Thor's solo movies, Asgard is essentially in space, but this is the first time we've seen non space fearing Avengers Hulk um, be in space and know about space things. And I think it's a really good setup to the Avengers eventually meeting the Guardians of the Galaxy for Infinity War, uh, all, bringing all these people together and kind of bringing these storylines together in a pretty pretty smooth way. I'm mostly curious to see how Hulk got there. I mean, yeah, we know that, you know, he was flying away. Mm-hmm. and But, like, how did he get into space? You know, there's a, there's a few... We Spaceship. Were, I, that would be a one good idea. <laughs> we were looking at a few uh, theories online. There were some pretty funny ones. Like one was uh, the government plans for Hulk to get, you know, shipped off world or thrown into space. Or that's maybe the government made a deal with uh, the Grandmaster and that's how he ended mm. up there. Um, what, what do you think? What could it be? I, I think he probably just got kidnapped. Just in the same, like as Thor got kidnapped, a spaceship or some sort of um, probably as Bruce Rainbow Road, and maybe as Bruce. But then, yeah, there were some other theories that why he is we only really see him. We all see him as Bruce a little bit, but then staying in his Hulk form and being casual in his Hulk. Yeah, form. Yeah, yeah. Of that, he's speaking and and kind of he seems a little bit more in control of himself. Uh, later, not so much in the fight. He obviously wants to fight, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay. But I would the, probably want to fight Thor too. <laughs> but there's there's so much uh, that could be in like if you read into that. Does mm-hmm. that mean that the Hulk is becoming stronger as mm-hmm. a personality? Mm-hmm. Is it that Bruce is being able to control it? Maybe that's why the Hulk was a little more calm. I mean, there's the implications are are interesting to, mm-hmm. to ponder. 
Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be cool. Me too. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, let's talk about the next one. Uh, very excited for Blade Runner 2049. Um, to be perfectly honest, I didn't really understand Blade Runner when I first saw it in high school. Um, what well, it came out in '82, right? Yeah, and I, we were not born. Of yet. course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So uh, I didn't understand it when I first watched it, but then being a film major and you know understanding the value of it and the cinematography and, and the story and all of these uh, different aspects that really make Blade Runner an amazing movie um, are present in 2049, Blade Runner 2049, and so I'm very excited to see. Uh, where it goes. I realized when we were preparing for this episode that I remembered nothing about Blade Runner. Like that I, I've probably seen it two or three times over the years, mostly as an adult person, so I should remember it. But we were doing some of these theories and I was like, I don't remember this part at all. <laughs> like I only remember how handsome Harrison Ford was. Like that and the rain and that he eats noodles and it's sort of like this, you know, typical apocalyptic uh you know asian influenced city that they live in like that's the only thing i remembered about it yeah well what i'm really liking about blade runner 2049 is that it's going to be a true sequel mm-hmm. and uh if you've followed anything um about the movie we know that ryan gosling's character is going to be uh, his name is k just the letter <laughs> k apparently so they're going like the men in black route on this. Oh, really? It's not K-A-Y? From what I've seen, it's just the letter K. Okay. Okay. A- Agent K. Yeah. <laughs> no, just K, not even an okay. Anyway, so okay. He, he finds, he stumbles upon this big secret and he needs to find Harrison Ford for more information. And that's sort of the gist that we get from the trailer. Um, I think it's very interesting that in the trailers, we see more uh, like desert, apocalyptic sort of looking um, uh, cityscapes or lack of cityscapes and that goes back to uh, Blade Runner the first movie was based on a story um, called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, of electric sheep. Yeah. right and in that one it was very post-apocalyptic and all humans were radiated and it was a nasty awful scenario it didn't look at least from what I understand because I haven't read do androids dream of electric sheep Mm -hmm. but from my understanding it's uh definitely more desolate than what we see in blade runner it's not a a thriving cityscape so uh i think that's really cool that we're going back to more what the original writing was and i mean if we really get into it um for those of you who haven't seen blade runner please watch it and yeah there is spoilers there's major spoilers (laughs) so here it comes are you ready Are you ready, guys? Okay, here it comes. So Harrison Ford finds out at the end of the movie, if you're paying close attention, that he is an android. He is a replicant, replicant is what they're calling him in in, uh, the movie. And his job in the movie is to find replicants and to, like, sort them out. So his revelation that he is one was huge. It was really interesting. Um, But that's, like, one of the longest-standing theories about Blade Runner is was he a replicant? You know, in the end, it's kind of left in, but you know, a lot, a lot of like um, Inception where is it, is he, is he not? Um, but we did find out just a couple years ago, 10 years ago, that Ridley Scott has confirmed that he is in fact a replicant. Yes. And that, that was Ridley Scott's plan the whole time. Yeah. And, but I feel like if you were paying close attention to the movie, that's probably why I didn't like the movie the first time I saw it. I just didn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. But watching it, you know, several times and understanding 
um, just the art and the story and everything behind it. Uh, if you hear something in the background, that's probably my bird. Yeah. <laughs> she is, she's excited about us talking about Blade Runners. Yeah. She's very Lots loud. of fun noises and stuff in the background, <laughs> I'm sure, today. It's, it's our soundboard uh, editor in the yeah. background, Sundance. Sundance. <laughs> um, lost my train of thought there. Uh, anyway, very excited uh, for this movie. Yeah, that they're, that hopefully that they will talk directly about him being a replicant. And that's kind of, we, we've seen him in hiding that we, that's why Ryan Gosling's character is seeking him out. And so the other main theory that we, we want to talk about for 2049 is that is everyone a replicant? Yeah, we were, I was looking at Reddit and a, a Reddit user, the D man, uh, <laughs> he theorized that all humans are extinct and that Deckard is a replicant. He found this out and that's why he went into hiding or just maybe isolation and Gosling, Officer K, uh, finds Deckard and tries to like unravel the secret. And the implications on that are huge because the replicants are used as slaves. And if normal everyday people find out that they too are replicants, then they can't you know, justify sending these people who are just like them off to be slaves. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool too. I mean, it, it brings up a lot of like psychological things of you know, it, what is real, you know, that Deckard, um, Deckard thought he was a human his whole life, you know, like that he had memories and emotions and that if, if he's not human, you know, what, what is being human? Is it that you have sentience? Is that you have memories? Is that you feel? And if that's the case, you know, then replicants could just be as human as, you know, humans. Yeah, I also love, and this was a prevalent, uh, um, not metaphor, but it was a prevalent theme uh, Mm -hmm. in Blade Runner. And that is that, do you treat people differently just based on who they are or or what they are? Or um, having empathy is an emotional trait. And if you're an android, if you're a replicant, Mm -hmm. you don't have the empathy that humans do. Well, now in 2049, and we find at the end of Blade Runner, replicants can be just as empathetic and caring yeah, as humans. Because he doesn't kill the girl, he doesn't kill the replicant that he's hunting in the original Blade Runner, right? So Correct. He's proven that. Well, they he, have emotions, and he does kill. Boy, I'm, I'm forgetting the very end where they're on the roof, or not the roof. They're in the the toy makers factory, and they're having that epic battle sort of thing, and everybody's raining and. Uh, the other replicants go crazy. And mm-hmm. so they're, yeah. Uh, she just Harrison expires. Ford, Harrison Ford yeah. kills the guy uh, because they're acting childish and crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember what happens to the girl. I think she just expires because yeah. he's a retirer. Like he, right. he has to take him out before they get all weird like right. that. So, yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's a really neat concept and you know kind of hurts your brain a little bit to think about all these arguments about ai and and things that that were not existent really in ridley scott's original original um film back in the 80s i mean there was theories but now in this day and age of computers who can read your face computers who can know your shopping habits i mean that there there's such a fine line now of what's real and who's real and it's really an apropos film coming out this year so yeah i'm excited for it too i should watch the original i guess like three more times so i actually remember yeah and and much like the original blade runner this does look like a good 
um, reflection uh, on society and, and humanity. And it's always nice to sort of take a moment to take stock in that. Yeah. Okay. I know Peter's not very excited about Justice League, but I'm excited about Justice League. Um, I'm trying to take in some optimism from how good Wonder Woman was and hopefully that they give her a bigger role and hopefully that they kind of try to carry that into Justice League. And from the trailers that we've seen, I'm, I am, I'm excited. Like Aquaman looks really funny and, and Ezra Miller's flash looks really cool. So I'm excited. (laughs) Um, I'm reserving judgment till it's actually out. Sure. Um, but yeah, so let's just jump into it. Um, you know, you can have your judgments about Justice League or anything else. Um, the first theory that I was really interested in, I think it makes a lot of sense, um, is that Dark Seed, Side. Dark Side, excuse me, Dark Side. I always called him Dark Seed, and I'm learning that that's not correct. So Dark Side um, will be introduced at the end or probably um, more of a teaser in an after credit sort of sequence, um, much like San- Thanos was introduced in the Marvel universe. So, yeah. I mean, the main villain in the justice league movie is Steppenwolf, um, which is, if you're a comic fan, you know that he's, he's a, a partner of um, dark side that they work together. He's kind of one of his, you know, generals. Um, dark side isn't, I mean, uh, Steppenwolf isn't just a band. I know. Every time I say that, I'm like, like the band? So no, he's also a servant of Darkseid. And what is Steppenwolf in our in Earth lore? Isn't he actually something? I Yeah, I think it's like a um, Norse legend. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> okay. But definitely a long um, comic book uh, villain of he has a lot of entanglements with the Justice League and with... Superman and that that he's a cool villain and it's kind of a, a pre a preface for seeing dark side um which is also cool too you, you know they they like marvel wanted to introduce a definitely a big dangerous villain without it being the villain so i think this is a good taster of what the justice league will eventually face when facing um dark side so i definitely think they're going to introduce him um at the end mm-hmm. And we just won't really um, see him until the next Justice League movie, if if these movies even get that far. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure he'll be alluded to in the other Justice League movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I, a, he's a bad guy. He's a very bad guy. And <laughs> I, I really enjoyed Darkseid in the comics and in the cartoon series. He has this whole uh, planet, this war planet, much like in the Marvel Universe with uh, Game Master. Mm-hmm. Um where it's just a gladiatorial combat uh, and you rank up in his army through these gladiatorial combats. And I, it was just an interesting sort of um, dynamic. I mean, it, he has planets and cities and armadas and armies, and he just really seems like this unstoppable force mm-hmm. every time a Justice League member or the whole team goes out to fight him. There's even one I remember very clearly uh, in the cartoon, at least, where Superman gets taken by Darkseid and has to fight for him. And he has to work his way out of this uh, gladiatorial mm-hmm. world. It was really interesting. So, yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. Soups. Soups. But he's dead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Quote, unquote, dead. Super dead. Uh, speaking of bad guys, um, Zack Snyder had released some storyboards, some Justice League storyboards, that apparently showed... 
be confirmed as the bad guy in the Batman solo film that may or may not ever get made is still being made. Um, played uh, by Joe Maggianello from True Blood and Magic Mike. If you're in the Magic Mike, I and Spider Man. Oh, and he was. We were looking this up because I didn't know how to spell his name. Was that he was Flash Thompson in the Sam um, Raimi Spider Man movies and. I mean, it's amazing what 20 years will do to your face because, like, he, it looks nothing like him. He definitely looked like a high school kid or maybe college kid in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And now he looks like a full-grown dude. He's a werewolf. Yeah. Slash Deathstroke. So, yeah, so Deathstroke has already been confirmed to be in the Batman movie. And based on what Snyder had talked about and released, that he will also make an appearance in the Justice League film. Again, maybe in an after credit scene. Um, the storyboards that were released have him talking to a bald man, which everyone's favorite bald man in the DCEU is now Lex Luthor. Not Jesse Eisenberg. Not Jesse Eisenberg, but definitely <laughs> Lex Luthor. So the implication here is perhaps Deathstroke is coming to Lex Luthor of, you know, you've seen Batman, you know Batman, you know, what can you tell me about him I'm sure Lex has some theories about Batman. And we, we need to see the director's cut for the Justice League. We haven't seen that yet. I mean, for the for Batman, Batman Superman. Superman. Yeah. Um, but I, one scene from that movie, the theatrical version, was when Jesse Eisenberg is looking at that mural of heaven and hell. And his interpretation of that was that we have to kill the aliens. Mm-hmm. But what if Lex Luthor sides with Darkseid mm-hmm. because of his sort of um, you know, what his brain is thinking, you know, mm. his concept of what good and evil is. So what it not there in the DC comics, like a, not a justice league, but like a super friends of evil organization, something. And like they're that. literally just called like the evil corp or something like something really crazy. So maybe they're also setting up a little of that too, of all the bad guys from the solar movies will also get together well, and like, fight yeah. with dark side. I mean, there is like the sinister six and there's um, from earth Two. there's like owl man and, and that whole, uh, that whole dealy. Oh, the anti justice league or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think Darkseid in itself, he is usually, he doesn't usually team up with people so mm-hmm. much as he tells people what to do. Like, yeah. you're going to work for me now and now go do this. Kind of like a Thanos in that sort of manner where he's in charge and that's, that's the only way it could be. True. Um, so we, Peter and I are long time DC fans. I'm a DC fan girl and. Hey girl. Hey, girl. Hey, fangirl. Hey, fan. That's me. I'm a fangirl. So one of the biggest questions that I've had as they've been putting together this Justice League is where the F is Green Lantern? And I think everybody's like, screw Green Lantern. That movie was (laughs) awful. Ryan Reynolds is a much better Deadpool. I mean, 100%, 1,000% true. Much better Deadpool. But one theory is that his absence from the Justice League has to do with more than just like that that movie sucked. and the theory is that based on a recent comic book run with Hal Jordan is that Hal is currently or was possessed by parallax, the essence of fear. And that that's why he's not here is like he just, you know, that he's being possessed and doing Green Lantern things. The announcement that there will be a Green Lantern core movie aptly called Green Lantern Corps, that maybe that would be the big plot point of that movie, of that how one of their own 
is possessed by Parallax and that the Green Lantern Corps will have to free him and then Hal will be free to uh, hang out with the Justice League. Sounds good. I mean, I love Green Lantern as a character. Uh, the movie, of course, was not great, mm-hmm. despite uh, Ryan looking amazing and doing a pretty good job. <laughs> um, but I mean, do I mean it's, it was the movie was so bad. I'm like, I'm, everybody, I think, is pretty happy to just sort of forget that sort of. Yeah, so I think aspect. I think that's why they're doing another Green Lantern core movie, yeah. so that it's more. Uh, you get to see because that's the coolest thing about the Green Lanterns is that there's not just one at any given time. I and mean, we saw in the terrible Ryan Reynolds movie that you know there's there's aliens, there's all kinds of beings, but even the humans. I mean, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Hal Jordan, um, Kyle Rayner. Like, there's a lot of really cool um, Green Lantern characters that maybe they are they don't want to do just one that they don't want to do just how the original you know green lantern that appears in in the justice league so i i am excited but i'm also kind of missing him i yeah. mean we're missing some other core founding members green That's what arrow I was say. black canary yeah. um with an ensemble movie like this you know having 10 people is a lot even having the five that we have now is a lot so maybe they're just trying to space that up space them out a little bit I, yeah i hope so i mean if only they had went the marvel method and just you know pretty much set up everybody on their own and then collaborated on the justice league but hey this could work this yeah. could be <laughs> dc's you know what fifth time trying to break into the movie business and succeed <laughs> good freaking luck again i'm not too thrilled but i hope it's good i really do because i am a dc fan yeah so we, we mentioned superman's dead right? Sure. But he's not. Sure. Yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> um, one, what really got me into comics was actually the death of Superman. I was a kid when Doomsday came out and mm-hmm. broke and destroyed, killed Superman. Um, and then his coming back to life was one of the most interesting things that I read a, as a kid. Because um, I think that was the first time that it happened in, in comics. Yeah, right? Superman the, had never died before. Of yeah. course. Um, but him coming back the way he did in the comics was extraordinary. His, his mind was fractured. Um, and while he was uh, like in sort of a stasis and his body was being um, rejuvenated, his mind had to find its way back to his body. It was very surreal, very cerebral. And in the comics, uh, that's where Superboy, um, a clone of Superman, mm-hmm. comes to, to fight. It's a part of Superman's mind that is in him. There's also uh, the Henry, Henry Iron, Irons, yeah. who is the Man Henry of Steel, Steel, and he has an essence of Superman in him as well. And there were so many. There was a cyborg. There was old person. an old person. <laughs> I mean, there was so many different aspects to Superman's personality that you get to see personified. And it was, I don't know, it was just a really interesting thing. And as a kid, that that spoke to me. So he's not dead, obviously. I don't think they're going to do it that way. Yeah. The other theory that I saw um, was that he comes back as a villain, is comes back with this black suit Superman, um, which, I mean, there's no indication that that is the case, other than that he's just not here. Like, he's not in any of the marketing. He's not in really any of the trailers, save for that one part where you just kind of assume that that's who Alfred is talking to. Um, but if they kind of go the route of the comics where his consciousness is kind of fractured or, you know, he doesn't remember who he is, that could be a pretty interesting way of, because, I mean, Steppenwolf is cool and, you know, his army is a weird alien interdimensional bat creatures is is bad but really the 
having the Justice League unite to bring back Superman, you know, essentially the best of them, would be very emotional and would be kind of cool, um, if not slightly upsetting, because you're like, no, Supes, don't laser eye Diana's shield. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, indeed. But it could be an interesting way to bring him back. Um, even if he's not a bad guy, if he just kind of doesn't remember what who he is or what his mission is and who these people are, like that could also be pretty interesting. He comes back as just Clark Kent. He doesn't even <laughs> know or have any Superman powers. He's just a boring, <laughs> smart journalist. I mean, I just personally think they just should have left him out in the sun like yeah. for a little bit. Let him, just, yeah. yeah, just let him recharge. Like they, they really jumped the gun. I'm like, oh my God, he's dead. We have to bury him in this box and like just leave him out in the sun. Like that's how he gets energy. Yeah. yeah. He's, just, he's just sleeping. You would think with like the entire <laughs> setup and everything that they say about Superman, they, they you know, praise him so highly and yeah. say that he is indestructible and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh no, he's dead now. Yeah. D- definitely dead. You know, we know so much about alien biology. He's for yeah. sure dead. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let me check his pulse. No, yeah. it's an alien. Come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Does he have a pulse? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so the last one, probably the movie I am most excited for now that we're talking about him, uh, is The Last Jedi. I like that we're doing The Last Jedi last. Yes. The, the, we, <laughs> I, I mean, last thing last. I didn't do it on purpose. That's all right. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, so one of the fan theories on why is it called The Last Jedi is, uh, that Luke will die. And that's pretty, I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think of The Last Jedi, they think of Luke Skywalker. And if you think of, uh, what that could mean for the Jedi and for the Force, if Luke dies, he's got to have to pass on his information and his knowledge and, you know, his force ghost, if he force ghosts, um, onto Ray, you know, the, his obvious new, uh, um, mentee. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do I think he'll die? I mean, it makes sense in the, in the case of the hero's journey, you know, mm-hmm. if you has, has a screenwriter and as a writer, Emily and I both don't, Emily, you're a screenwriter too. Yeah. I, you can be in my group. <laughs> okay. Exclusive thanks. club here. Thanks. Um, the hero's journey, that would make sense. Very Odysseus, very, um, you know, in term you have to die at the end of your story. Yeah, Star Wars is the quintessential hero's journey. Like, when I learned about the hero's journey in college, the the reference besides the original Greek um, tales was Star Wars. Yeah. Of that it really so closely follows um, the hero's journey. Yeah, that, that for Luke, it was Obi-Wan mm-hmm. had to die for him to fulfill his destiny. And so a lot of people think that Luke will have to die for Rey to, to fulfill hers. And for Obi-Wan, um, Anakin had to... And Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. I mean, there's a lot of passing. You know, you have to... I don't know. It's very um, pro- prominent in, in the Star Wars universe and in lots of hero's journeys where these people die. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Have you seen Game of Thrones? I know. <laughs> I just... I mean... It make it would make sense both in the context of, you know, good storytelling, but also in the world. I just feel like we just killed Han Solo. Yeah, I, I was going to say, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, like, I, I feel like it, it's a lot to take in. If Han Solo's died, um, the, if Luke dies too, I mean, it's just sort of really, really sad it almost feels like like they're yeah it's like that they're trying to reset a world that doesn't necessarily need to be reset like this these were always supposed to be a continuation of the original films the original six films and i don't think he needs to die i don't think so either and if we think about it jedi is is plural yeah and so it could mean 
Um, and this is what I was thinking when I first heard of the announcement of the title. Uh, my first thought was, okay, so the Jedi, as we know them, are going to be no more. There are going to be peacekeepers that can use the Force in the universe, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be under the title Jedi. It's going to be a more gray uh, area. And mm -hmm. that's what we've seen in the expanded universe before we changed it. Mm -hmm. um, the extended universe had many gray Jedi. The most obvious that people usually go to is Joe Lee. Uh, or jo Jody, Jody, Jody from yeah. um, uh, what's it called? Um, Star uh, Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, and I mean that blew people's minds. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be just dark side or light side. You can be in between and use both as long as you're not like super evil or super good. Um, and I think that's really where it's going. Yeah, and I think too, in the extent the old expanded universe, um, Luke's Jedi Order was really different from the original Jedi Order. I mean, he had learned the hard way, you know, what that, what these rules, the rules have consequences. You know, he saw it with his own father um, of, you know, this fear of death, this fear of loss. And so, I mean, Luke was married. He had a son. Leia was also a Jedi in the books and their kids, you know, the, that I think for us, the last Jedi just means that of that that Luke is the last of this old order of Jedi Grandpa, um, Grandpa Jedi. Um, you know, as a, as being trained by Yoda, who was definitely very much a part of that old consistent Jedi order of living in temples and having all these rules. Like I think Luke has finally learned his lesson of trying to impart this on Kylo Ren of how horrible that went. And Kylo Ren and his other students who, the other theory is that the Knights of Ren, I thought this was pretty obvious, that the Knights of Ren were also Luke's former students and that they and Kylo were the ones who, you know, destroyed everything he tried to build. So I don't know if Luke will die. I don't think, um, I mean, I think he totally could, but I don't think it would be necessary so much to the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one idea that we saw, one theory we saw on the internet and I like this one. I, I've, for anybody who's seen um, Star Wars Rebels, Rebels uh, I've seen the first two episodes. Whatever, whatever Ahsoka shows up, I haven't finished oh, that season. Season three. So it's season three. I haven't yeah. finished that season yet. I know I'm behind. Uh, <laughs> you can spoilers me. Uh, tweet me up. You know, let me know what's up. But uh, there's the idea that Ezra is Ray's father. I know. I like this one, too. I like it. I don't know why I like it so much, but yeah. the more I think about it, it, it just ties these universes even closer together. And that's what I think Star Wars should be doing. Yeah. And we saw that they are kind of cool with this already since we saw Saw Gerrera from the Clone Wars in Rogue One. Oh, was that him? I couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> I know. It's super weird. Um, so why not bring a character from Rebels into this new universe? And so the other... Um, kind of point to this was that Benicio del Toro is in everything apparently now, and he's in Star Wars, and his character is yet to be revealed or even named. Um, and and so the theory was that maybe he is playing an elder Ezra that they they look a little bit alike, same hair, eyes, you know, composition. Um, I think that would be really really cool. Super bitching, yeah. And that you know, uh, Ezra is a Force user, a Jedi in a sense that he's not traditionally trained, obviously, but definitely a force user. And that maybe he had to abandon Ray um, to escape the first order to try to find Luke, you know, whatever it was, or maybe that he's dead and we'll only see him in flashbacks. Like, 
we're not sure. Yeah, um, there's a lot of possibility. And that's what makes me very hopeful for this movie. Um, not that I haven't disliked any of the other movies recently, but the Star Wars, I think it needs a, another win. You know, people uh, love the movies and hopefully it will be like a uh, Star Wars episode uh, five, uh, um, Empire. Empire Strikes Back, which is yeah. pretty much everybody's favorite, I think. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. And I think, too, this solves a really good problem for me because I've talked, I talked about this on the um, Geek Directive podcast, the old Assembly of Geek podcast, um, when when the last or um, when the Force Awakens came out. Of why does Ray's parents need to be anyone super close, anyone from the other movies for one, and anyone super close to the main cast? Like a lot of people thought it was Han Solo and Leia, um, that she was Ben Kenobi's granddaughter. You know, like this is kind of uh, Ezra would be far enough away from this main storyline that it would still be cool, yeah, but not so much fan fictiony. And <laughs> and I hate the idea of such strong families throughout the universe like royal families essentially mm -hmm. where the entire universe is decided by what three families i yeah. think that's ridiculous for a, 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 a universe as big as star wars i mean the universe is too big for just these you know random parties to be i mean there needs to be more to it yeah and i think and just in terms of ezra too from what i remember about rebels of you know like ray he is not only strong in the force but he was um, a survivor that he was pretty good um, mechanically. Mm -hmm. um, this just makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah, and the force, you know, it moves in mysterious ways, um, and this would this would make sense yeah, as a whole. So I like it. The other one that really makes a lot of sense to me is that um, Ray's mother. Obviously, they they would probably be mutually exclusive. I don't know if they would tie this together so much, but that Ray's mother is Kura, Emil, uh, Amelia Clark's character from the Han Solo movie that we just found out her name like last week. Mm -hmm. um, I mean- That'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool. Again, just kind of tying, trying to tie all these movies in together without this old expanded universe of trying to bring in this new mythology um, to, to the world. And I think it's really cool. I mean, besides the obvious fact that Ray and Amelia Clark look quite a lot, they're both British also of, um, Kura is quite similar to Kira, a name that we have heard associated with Ray. That that might have been her original name or something. When did that happen? And when did we hear Kira and Ray? Um, I think it was in the novelization of the movie, or I, I would have to look it up. Um, I should have put it in the, in the notes here, but um, it, for me, it would kind of explain why Han Solo was kind of immediately sort of taken with Ray, not like in a romantic way, but that it, depending on their relationship in this young Han Solo movie, that maybe he would recognize her, kind of figure it out. Like this was my friend or my former girlfriend or whoever, um, my partner's kid. Um, and I just, or maybe there was just a resemblance and he's like, God yeah. damn, that looks like <laughs> this lady. I know. Kura. Kura. Yeah. So I I like that. I like both of these. Me too. They let's could also about, both be true. Let's talk about one that is really dumb that we don't like. <sighs> I don't know. And I saw it on a lot of places too. And that's why I was kind of bummed. I was like, Ray no, and ew. Kylo. Ship it. <laughs> no. They're on a ship together. I know. A sexy spaceship. <laughs> so stupid. A sexy spaceship. Um, yeah, I just, you know, if this, if this series turns into a Ray Kylo love story, I'm out. Like, I don't, it's not that like, I mean, it would be 
for me, it's not like, ew, icky. Like, what if they're cousins or something? Or ew, like, icky. brothers. Like, then it would be double icky. But um, as you, if you listen Game to me. Game of Thrones. I know. If you listen to me on Wednesday in Westeros, you know I have um, not a lot of problems with incest. If it's destined relations enough, John and Danny. But speaking of Amelia Clark. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I don't. He's such an asshole. And she's so pure. Like, a pure, perfect cinnamon roll. Yeah. I, I see them as, like, as feuding classmates where I see them as I, I just don't see the love connection and maybe that is the reason there's a reason for it that we're not supposed to see it yeah um but I don't like it and I think it's silly and mm. uh let's find a new ship I know I mean the, the uh, people brought up you know what what's a better redemption arc than love you know that raise love Barf. Could, I know could bring him back but like we tried to you know that worked out super well for Anakin and Padme like you know I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. I mean, if they were, I hope that they will eventually be partners of some kind of this, this new order of gray Jedi or just force users without the light side and the dark side. But yeah, this, I don't want them to make out or anything. Like I just, well, <laughs> it makes it, me weird. It yeah. makes me feel weird. <laughs> and we didn't even put it in the show notes, but we should maybe talk about what is going to be the role of Kylo. Uh, in the future. I mean, do you, mm. do we think he's going to be this end-all, be-all bad guy that Snoke is hoping he will be? Like this this dark knight for, for yeah. the, the quote-unquote bad side? I don't know. I mean, I think he's kind of falling into the same sort of like Darth Vader role of that Snoke is the emperor and this, you know, ultimate guy in the shadows and that Kylo is just sort of the de facto face of this empire, this First Order. But And the First Order is done now, though. No, they're fine. They're, they're, we're still good? Like, yeah. Despite the whole planet blowing up and the yeah, entire Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some of them escaped and maybe they did not live on Starkiller Base. Like That's another thing. Um, something that I think needs explanation that we didn't get enough of in uh, The Force Awakens was what is the general political climate of the galaxy? I mean, we see these The New worlds. Republic, yeah. Yeah, we see the New Republic get blown up. And then we see <laughs> the First Order's uh, planet gun. Planet gun, I'm going to call it that. <laughs> Uh, we see the planet gun get blown up too. So like, there's no evil on the like, no big weapon on the bad side except for Snoke and and um, Kylo and the Knights of Ren and the Knights of Ren, who we haven't seen yet. And my girl Phasma. Oh, and that girl Phasma, she good. Oh, That's and, right. And General Hux, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I ship the Hux and Kylo more than I ship anything. <laughs> Me too. And um, oh, and Poe and Poe and oh, um, Finn. Finn. All of the all of these uh, erotic fan fictions <laughs> are, are uh, being written in my head as I like we speak. It. Yeah, I like it. it's fun stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> I encourage you all to do the same. <laughs> Tweet at me. Yes, I'm sure there's a lot more Last Jedi theories, and I think we will probably do it an entirely separate episode as it as it comes closer to the movie as we get to learn more. Um, so these are just a just a sampling, just a just a tidbit, just a tidbit of of theories, um, and I'm sure we'll address more because we're huge Star Wars nerds. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I need to do a way more research into this new Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there's all these comics still and books, and yeah. they're they're trying to do a good job of rebuilding. Um, but and there is a YouTuber I'm happy to to give a shout out to. His name is Dark Star. And he has some of the best uh, Star Wars theories. And he, he knows every... I mean, I, I know a lot about Star Wars. This guy knows a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> he is up in every fan theory. So 
give them a, a look on YouTube. I'm sure you'll be pleasantly um, pleased. Pleasantly pleased. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all these movies are coming out just in the next couple of months. And I guess we'll see if we're right or wrong or if they even address any of the things we've talked about. Um, yay. Yay. This, Fall this movies. Good. Fall movies. We need to go to the movies more. Yeah. Um, and these four will definitely be on our go-to. Yes. So if you like this podcast, we hope that you do, you can find us on the There Network. That's findusthere.org. Um, we're also on Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. Try not to find us. Yeah, try not to. Um, you can also find a lot of other really cool podcasts on the There Network, including one that I am frequently um, crashing, which is Wednesday in Westeros. That's our Game of Thrones podcast. If you're listening to this episode on Monday, you'll also probably get to hear our last Wednesday in Westeros for season seven, which we're going to talk about the season finale and probably a look forward into the final season of Game of Thrones. So join us for that during Todd and Taylor and I. You can also look at the Todd and Taylor show. There's a lot of great podcasts here on the There Network, not Emily, just us. Emily's going to take a breath. And I'm going to give my social media. Uh, so Peter Cunin, you can find me at Screenwriter. And that's pretty true for most social media. Same for me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Emily Kelly. I hope you enjoyed my Emily Kelly impression. She's passed out on the floor right now. <laughs> From talking, like talking so much. Yes. Our next episode of Fan Theories will come in the end of September, the last Monday of September. And we will be covering Tolkien. Oh, J-R-R... <laughs> it's one of our um, favorite fandoms and we want to do it sort of that it coincides with with hobbit day on the 23rd but mostly just because we're really we can't wait to to do it because mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about not just hobbit and lord of the rings but his amazing expanded universe as well um with the um cerulean and and so many other things and I'll probably cry a lot because it means a lot to us. <laughs> yes. And, and I will also have to do an Emily voice impression again because she will probably be passed out on the floor again. Probably. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you uh, next month. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs>